everyone. Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Tammy Munson and the producer of the Spectrum of Health podcast. As you might know, Dr. Christine is on vacation for the month of July, so we are sharing some of her favorite interviews. Now today we are replaying the interview with Dr. Christine and Amy Stark, all about energy healing and chronic illness. Now Amy Stark is an author, speaker, teacher, all about personal transformation and is the host of the Stark Transformation Show. For over a decade, Amy has been teaching others how to master their life and energy with the most cutting edge tools and techniques. Amy has a degree in psychology, a master's in education, is an LMT and a biohacker at heart. So without further ado, here's Dr. Christine's conversation with Amy. I am here with Amy Stark, and we're going to talk about how the sensitive soul, perfection, and chronic illness are linked. Amy is a gifted healer, speaker, and teacher who's passionate about helping people master their energy and become more connected to their intuition and purpose and lead healthier, happier lives. I'm really excited to interview Amy today. I've had a personal experience with Amy's work, and I think she's just tremendously gifted and insightful, and I'm really excited uh, for us to dive into this topic today, Amy. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So let's just start from square one, um, Amy. So why do we really need to be aware of our energy? So we need to be aware of our energy because uh, so many of us are sensitive to other people's energy and we don't even know it. So I'll give you an example. When I first started meditating was when it really blew up for me in terms of like the connection of how sensitive I am compared to other people, or even just like thinking of other people. My friend had dared me to meditate because I was living in New York City and it's very much go, 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 go. And, and I didn't even want to admit to her that I didn't think I could meditate. But I, I'm so such a proud person that I was like, all right, I'll, how hard could it be? I'll try it. So I did. And um, I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. And, and sure enough, I enjoyed it. Over time, I developed a practice of two hours of sitting and meditating. But before I got to that two hour mark was when I was at like uh, probably about a month in or so, I was meditating and I thought of my twin sister, all of a sudden my eyes started burning and I was like, wow, that's weird. So I opened my eyes, I looked around and my eyes seemed fine. And I, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would my eyes start burning and then they're not? So I closed my eyes and I started going back into the meditation and my eyes started burning again. And I was like, what is going on? And uh, so I was like, what was the last thing I was thinking about? And it was my twin sister. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should call her and find out if she's okay. So I called her and I said, hey, Sarah, what's up? She said, hey, I'm really dealing with something here. I got a double pink eye infection. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, I can't believe that I was meditating. I thought of you and my eyes were burning. And she's like, shut up. Like, don't, you know, you can't be telling the truth. I'm like, no, really? So I was like, okay, that was like a one-off. Maybe it was a twin tuition, you know, how they say like you can feel what your twin is going through. The next day I was meditating and I thought of my dad and all of a sudden my jaw started hurting and I was like, oh my gosh, I think my tooth is broken. And I was like, that's weird. I was just sitting here. So I was like, who did I think of last? It was my dad. So I, I don't have a great relationship with my dad in terms of being like, hey dad, um, I, you know, see things and hear things and know things. Mm-hmm. So we got to just, you know, have a relationship that's, you know, like a normal dad relationship. But so I called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, is dad okay? Because my mouth started hurting when I was meditating. And he said, and she said, he's at the dentist right now. He broke his tooth on a walnut. So that's when I was like, something's going on here. Like clearly I'm extremely sensitive to the people around me and I haven't realized it. So 
over time I've developed how, you know, how to sense that and then release it for my body. So I don't keep thinking that I have burning eyes or a hurting tooth. And, and it's really been a process of like learning about energy, more meditation, the tools that I use right now really help clear my energy very quickly. So I don't have to deal with that kind of stuff, but I use it to see what other people are going through and then be able to help them navigate through it. Because sometimes when we're in so much pain, it's hard to get out of it. It's hard to see uh, whether it's emotional or physical pain to see how they can heal themselves. And so there's this idea, you know, obviously that you have this extreme sensitivity that you actually harnessed into your gift to help people and to have an awareness about that. And so would you say that maybe some of us are more sensitive than we even realize, and that might be impacting our health and we might be actually having physical sensations or even emotional sensations that might not even belong to us. Is that yes. what you're thinking? Yeah. So uh, definitely we can pick up pain from other people and think it's ours. That's definitely something I've seen both in myself and with my clients. I also have seen how we can carry the emotional burdens that other people may not have processed and thinking like, if I carry their burden, then I'm helping them. But really the two of you are both stuck. You're carrying it and they can't process it. And so you feel it and they also feel it because they feel stuck. That's definitely going on. And so I think that a lot of people who are actually chronically ill are actually very highly sensitive people. Over time, being so sensitive and not knowing how to clear that energy and having it actually get in the way of the cellular, cellular communication really has impacted their health over time. And being so sensitive, I, I've worked with so many people who are chronically ill and over and over and over again, they will tell you, I know what the vibe in the room is. I know what somebody wants from me. I, I can feel how others are feeling if they're depressed or not. They then go into like action mode or like fix it mode, right? And so then they're constantly in this fix it mode. Like how do I for A, feel better because I'm now feeling crappy because this person's feeling crappy how do I fix that? How do I fix their pain so then maybe I'll feel better? And so they, they're constantly putting out fires and it basically causes this fight or flight response to constantly be on. And, and sometimes what becomes the only answer because they haven't, been, they haven't learned the tools how to clear their energy is to retreat from society, from other people, to not want to be around other people because they can sense what they need. They can sense what they want and they feel obligated to do that because they're when somebody's in your space, it can be so irritating and it can feel like you need to do it that second. But if you can clear out them from your space and get them on the other side of your energetic field, then you have the opportunity to see more clearly what it is that you need to do, whether it be to take care of yourself and do the things that you need to do or to actually help this person because then you'll feel better because you're helping your friend or your mother or whoever else. So there's that just getting them out of your space helps you have the opportunity to see more clearly what needs to really be done. And it doesn't feel like it has to happen ASAP. And that, oh. that's really what causes the chronic illness is the constant stress mm -hmm. of being vigilant. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like overstimulation, this information overload from this whole other sensory experience that we don't really dialogue probably more, you know, we don't you know, go to school and realize that we're, you know, energy sensitive, right? So it's just this information overwhelm that people are going through. And so if people are listening out there and thinking, hmm, this might be what's going on with me, what are some clues if um, you are energy sensitive? How do you help people identify if they are? Sure. Like I said before, if you are somebody who can walk into a room and sense the vibe in the room, and really you would have no other understanding of what might have happened in that room. Let's say there was a big fight in the room and then those people left and you walked in, you're like, something's weird in here. You know, that's an you know, indication that you're really highly sensitive. 
Another might be just like uh, you hang out with somebody and you and, and they're sad and then you walk away and you feel sad and like you weren't feeling sad prior to being with them. Those are examples of, uh, of somebody who's probably very highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. And then you tie in this idea of, okay, this oversensitivity can lead to chronic illness, but then there's also this idea of perfectionism. So can you talk about how those are interconnected? Right. So if I can sense what you need, it becomes like this huge reward. If I can guess what you need or intuit what you need and then do that for you before you even have expressed it, then I feel like I've won because you're not getting in my space asking me to do it, you know, on a physical level. You've only energetically kind of made me feel that way. And then I've already removed you from my space because I took care of it. So like, I'm, I'm always like one step in, maybe two or three step in other people and what they want to get them out of their space. Well, for me, it was get them out of my space. And I, and I noticed that like a lot of clients who are really in tune with what other people need, they wind up leaving lives for other people. So they don't make decisions for themselves and they don't even know what their favorite color is. I once sat for like 10 minutes with a client being like, come up with your favorite color. <laughs> like <laughs> stop thinking about all the different things that, you know, you think you're supposed to think about what your favorite color is or who, you know, is it pink? Oh, well, what, is, what does society say about that? Or what did my mom say about that? Or, you know, just removing all of that out of your space and then being okay with whatever your answer is, whatever you feel you need or want. And so I talked to um, one of my clients and she wanted to play soccer and she was a gymnast. And she was probably one of the best gymnasts that, you know, in her area. And she never really wanted to be a gymnast. (laughs) And she regretted every single day that she went, but she didn't want to tell her mom because she wanted to please her mom. And, and, and that's what, there's tons and tons of stories of that, you know, where you've, let's say everybody's like, Hey, what do you want to eat for tonight? And you're like, I don't care, you know, because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And, and really what you want is Mexican. I did that for years, you know, or you want spaghetti or whatever it is. You're always saying, let everybody else decide. It's not important what I think or what I feel. The pressure of once they have an idea of what they want, you can feel what they want. And it can be confused as being your own, but it can also be confused as really important that I do what they need or Mm -hmm. want. And there's this kind of probably reward mechanism, right? That people become wired. They begin to feel good by helping other people. But it's this kind of probably this confusion, right, of, you know, their energy too, that they're, they're doing things probably from a different place than if they were, if they were in their own space and connecting with people from this other perspective. But how you mentioned, they're just trying to serve people just to make themselves feel good because they're, they can't differentiate um, between themselves and and, uh, the other people. Is that, is that correct? I know we're we're talking esoterically and as some, uh, for some people right now, but I want to talk about these kind of themes and then really break it down because you're this is the work that you do all day long and you help so many people heal once they really identify this and have tools to really reclaim their energy. Right. And I love how you say reclaim your energy because that's really what it is, is um, all these people are in your space. And when you pull out their energy, and I teach my clients, uh, students, how to pull out people's energy, you then have pockets that are empty. Okay. So you need to fill it in with your energy in those pockets. Otherwise somebody else is going to, you know, hook right in and get in that space and take up space and make you feel irritated. I I will tell you when somebody's in my space, I will get very irritated and I know that's not my normal state. And I'll be like, okay, I got to clear my energy. And and it's just simply people are doing it and they're not even meaning to do it. They're they're, It's only because I'm really sensitive that I can really feel it. And other people who are really sensitive feel it, but don't really recognize that that's why they're irritated. 
I find when I work with my clients and I teach them these tools, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Like I know another, uh, a lady who, um, she didn't want to ever have Christmas or Thanksgiving or have, uh, exchanging of presents because the pressure was too great because she didn't want to let people down. She didn't want to make the wrong food. She didn't want to get the wrong presents, wrap them wrong, whatever it was. So she was thinking that she had to cancel everything. But when, once we got everybody's energy out of her space and did some tapping and rewriting some programs, which is what happens is you create programs of, I must do this thing for these people. You know, um, I'm not good enough unless I do that. You know, it creates a lot of, you know, heart chakra or feelings about yourself that aren't great. Like uh, there's a lot of grief in there. Why didn't I choose me? Or I didn't do a good enough job for that person. That person's still not feeling well, you know, whatever it is, your heart takes the hit. And I, I truly believe that that's what chronic illness really is, is when the heart chakra is really ailing or failing to uh, orchestrate the whole field. And Mm -hmm. so when I work with clients, that's what we do is we find out how, whose grief are you carrying? What programs are running that are keeping you from loving yourself? You know, how do we get you back to you? How do we clear everybody's energy out? So you remember who you are. A lot of my clients, they come to me and they don't know, they don't have a connection with themselves. Like I said, they don't know their favorite color, their favorite song, their favorite food. They just don't care about anything. They're kind of just uh, have disassociated from themselves because of the pressure they put themselves under, mm-hmm. which brings me to the point of the perfectionist, which is they wind up over time getting so good at putting those fires out really, really quickly and, and anticipating the needs of others and then taking care of it. Then they apply themselves usually in a work setting and then they will reach goals, but they won't really celebrate them. They'll celebrate them for like a half a second. And it's like, well, if I could do that, then what else can I do? And then it's always that ever climbing ladder. And actually I had a young child explain it to me once. She was a perfectionist and she said, it's like I have a ball and chain around my leg and I just am always climbing upstairs. And I was like, that is what perfectionism is. You know, you just have this weight of like, I'm never good enough. And I'm just constantly going to this finish line that just keeps moving away from me. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a great visualization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you talk about these rewriting these programs and this whole idea of maybe some people would call them self-limiting beliefs or these beliefs that get in our subconscious and they drive our behavior. And I know you do a lot of work around trauma and how, you know, there's a lot of um, things that can make us more susceptible to chronic illness or even become a perfectionist. Can you talk about how trauma maybe shapes us or makes us more susceptible to these self-limiting beliefs and how that obviously impacts our health? Right. So there is a, a lot of work being done around how trauma in childhood will turn into uh, mental illness, chronic illness, and chronic illness and addiction in adulthood. So uh, one of the things that I find really helpful is uh, tapping. And so tapping you can do where you are remembering, let's say, a a speech that you might have given when you were in like third grade, you know, about cars or something like that. And your class laughed at you. But there there is more than just that that happened. Your brain interpret interpreted in a particular way of like, I'm not good enough or I'm not good at speaking or I have dumb ideas or everybody always laughs at me, whatever it may be. those are programs that developed. And I actually worked with a woman who uh, had uh, urinary incontinence in second grade, and that had crippled her confidence for adulthood because nobody believed her that she had a a chronic urinary tract infection, but she kept, unfortunately, in second grade going to the bathroom in her pants. 
and the ridicule and the the parents saying, you know, what's wrong with you? How could you do this? You know better. And she's like, I, I can't control this. So it was gave her the sense of I don't have any control over my life. I can't can't create the life that I want. I disappoint others all the time, even though I'm trying not to. So it's interesting what one little thing in your life can create in your mind. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be big. It could be small. Um, mm. It could be just falling off your bike one day and then you create, you know, a whole network of, of uh, programs and that's it. Mm-hmm. it that, that could be running the show in the background, you know, in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's an important point. I mean, obviously there's obvious trauma that happens in life and that absolutely needs to be addressed. But sometimes we don't think of these, you know, little things that actually can really um, make a huge impact and imprint our subconscious. And so Amy, you've obviously studied um, something called EFT or emotional freedom technique. And then I know you have your own um, methodology and you mentioned tapping. Um, We don't really have anyone, a couple people have hinted on tapping, but no one has really kind of walked through like, what is tapping and how do we to rewrite the script in our body and in our nervous system. Sure. Uh, So EFT is wonderful. It's called emotional freedom technique. It really does free you from these programs that you might have or this stuck energy that you have in your body. My gift is being able to see the stuck energy. But if you are at home and you're doing the EFT on yourself, your body remembers and it will help you release it when you start talking. So EFT is about tapping on the body. Um, So there's a couple of things that happen. So one is you're actually, here's a point. Um, You're actually helping to release the energy from that point or that meridian, but you're also calming uh, the body, which is, you know, very rhythmic and calming in in of itself. You're also touching the body. The the different points are, are where different types of energy are stored. So this is the heart meridian. So this would be, you know, grief or love or things like that at the top of the head, a lot of emotion, different types of emotion would be up here. Highly, a lot of uh, strong emotions would be stored up here, you know, rage and anger around the eyes, control is under the eyes. So there's different places on the body that you're accessing that type of energy. And so sometimes when I'm working with clients, I'll just go right to that point because I can feel that that's where the energy is. But if you're at home and you're doing tapping, it doesn't really matter. If you just keep going through, you'll eventually hit that out you'll hit that um, energy and it'll push it out or it'll move out, I should say. And, and the, the thing that happens when you are in fight or flight is that your body is actually contracted. Your energy is contracted. And when you do EFT, it relaxes the body and expands the body. And you can imagine if you're contracted, it's harder to like release things from that contraction. But if you're expanded, then the energy can circulate and move out very easily. So I love tapping because it It gets you into your body because you're tapping. It kind of centers you and then it moves out the energy. But then you also are talking to yourself in a very loving and accepting way, which you say, I, even though I'm going through this, I love and accept myself. Mm -hmm. And that combination of things, I think is one of the strongest, most powerful tools that we can actually do for ourselves uh, Mm -hmm. to rid ourselves of energy or um, programs or if we're nervous about something or scared or have anxiety or depression about something that can be very helpful. And it's just this whole idea that we've touched on. We can have these stored emotions or these stored traumas in our physical body and our um, cellular memory. And this technique helps us to release that stored trauma, that stored emotion. So the body has more freedom to access another way of being. And there's more you know, flow um, in our energy field, which also translates to health. And so 
what Amy is sharing is I've seen this work so much, um, you know, with patients, and I know she has a ton of experience, obviously, through her own clientele. Um, but this healing dialogue with these tapping points allows us to reset. And, you know, if this is a new idea to you, just try it. I mean, I feel find that people immediately feel calmer, they feel more relaxed, there is a resonance and a knowing in your nervous system that this is this is helpful. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you see the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's so great because at, at this point, I've done thousands of them, thousands of EFT sessions. So I can sometimes just tell my body that we're going to do that. And then I already start to relax. Um, so it's almost like I don't need much time to release what it is that I need to release. Like I can be on my bike and, and release something like that comes up in my head. And I'll just be like, okay, uh, even yeah. though, you know, I have this feeling I deeply love and accept myself. And it's like, boom, um, I, I've released that. I can mm. feel it. I can feel the difference. Take a deep breath. That's the, the real sign that you're relaxing is through breathing. But um, when you release something, you just, oh, I'm not carrying that anymore. You almost feel like you just put down a backpack or something like that. You know, like I can rest. I, I'm okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess we can go through. I mean, you've said a lot of, you know, great already anecdotes within your clients. If someone's, you know, struggling with a chronic illness right now and they're thinking maybe they're stuck, they haven't seen the results that they that we all want for them, how would you suggest kind of they approach this topic? And you mentioned a couple of things that I want people to understand. It's not only our own traumas um, that get stored in our body, but sometimes we can be holding this energy for somebody else. So maybe walking through how we differentiate that and how we clear those things as well. And of course, you know, I always advocate working with a skilled practitioner when you're starting, you know, this type of work, especially if you're struggling a lot within your own physical health, but there's a lot of self-empowering things that you can do on your own too. I just wanted to make sure we differentiate that. Sure. And I also want to just mention that you can pick up energy from your ancestors. So if you are aware of trauma, significant trauma in your family lineage, it's a good idea to tap on that. If, if you're noticing that there's a theme in your life of like not choosing the right person or having money issues, like there's there's a family that I know, the mother went through war. And so she's always saving Tim Foyle and like worries about money. And um, I know her daughter has plenty of money, but still worries about money, like as if she has none. There's things like that, that you might be like, that might be where I got it. But guess what? When you do the tapping, your body will access that information. So if you say, even though I always feel like I don't have enough money, even though I know that I do and that I'm okay, I deeply love and accept myself. It will find that information and that energy and move that out. It might take a few sessions of uh, unwinding that energy. And that's what I see is like basically layers leave each time you do a session based on a specific topic. So if we were going to go off of that example, I could think about even though I don't feel like my needs are met, you know, what that's what anxiety is, right? So maybe you might look in your life and say, do I have high anxiety? I I believe that my needs aren't going to be met. Well, why do you believe that? You know, look around you. Do you have everything that you need? And a lot of times people are like, well, I do. <laughs> so I don't know why I believe that. So then if you start tapping, you'll, un- you'll rewrite that or, or release it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I-, I-, I wanted to just mention that you can pick up stuff from your mother. Usually your mother can be from your dad and other generations, but that's for a more skilled practitioner. But if you just access something in your body, let's say you're trying to change chronic illness in your, in your life, you had mentioned um, just around maybe around if they're not getting better and right. not, yeah, realizing, you know, that they could be carrying, okay, their ancestral trauma, even their immediate family, you know, trauma 
And then, you know, of course, personal trauma, just giving people a framework. If you're stuck, what, what should you be going through and kind of the checklist of things to think about that maybe you haven't thought about yet so we can get more freedom and flow and health in your body. Sure. So a lot of times we are pretty upset where we are at in our healing journey if we're sick. And that resistance um, actually halts the healing process. So that's why I love tapping as well, because you have to accept where you are in order to move forward. Like if you are trying to lose weight, you can't, you won't lose weight unless you know that you need to lose weight. So there has to be some sort of like stepping on the scale or your clothes don't fit. There's some level of acceptance of I'm overweight and now I need to lose weight and this is what I'm going to do so I, I can move forward. You wouldn't get in a car and put in um, uh, a destination without realizing where you're starting from. So you always want to say, okay, even though I'm here, it's okay that I'm here. It's not where I want to be. I just still deeply love and accept myself. And even though I'm not sure what the right answer is or what my body needs, I deeply love and accept myself. Even though I've had a long journey, I deeply love and accept myself. You know, going through all those different feelings and talking, sometimes that's all we need is just to say, even though I'm just like frustrated, I'm mad, this should have worked. Like I put so much money into this or whatever it may be. I still deeply love and accept myself. A lot of my clients actually have gone through those things and that's why I'm familiar with it. And they, they get to this point where they're like, oh, the thing that I was missing was the energy component. So they're missing the program rewriting, the clearing of the energy, the strengthening of their field. And that's why it seems like the things that they're doing aren't working, but this is the added piece that they're missing. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely, and I, I think that's such a great point because of course, when people have been suffering for so long, they're, they obviously, you know, we don't want to accept that that's our state, right? We don't want to accept that this is, you know, where our body's at. But I, I think that's just kind of a light bulb went off for me when you, you said that, because I, I think the acceptance allows you to really change, right? So mm -hmm. there's that kind of denial um, or pushing away that this isn't me. Um, which it isn't your true nature, of course, you know, I believe health is your true nature, but you have to get, you know, we have to clear what we need to clear to get there. So I, I think that's really a great point. Also, the body has messages. So, you know, it, sometimes that resisting or holding off takes so much more energy than it would to just turn it around and look at it and say, okay, I'm going to deal with that. And, and that's one of the things, love and accept it. Mm -hmm. Then you can move it out um, because you're like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Like I, I don't have to keep holding that off. Like I can deal with it and just move through it and wash myself of emotion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, we're talking about chronic illness because I, you know, see a lot of chronic illness. I know you have an experience with that and just, you know, Hey, if we can help people with chronic illness, we can help, you know, a lot of other people from what we learn with, you know, that paradigm. But I think, you know, you know, just with, you know, the time we're in with this information overload with this really, um, there's a lot of ways to get stuck in fight or flight, you know, these days. What are some tips or tools, Amy, that you feel for like, if you would say like energetic hygiene, like even some things that you do on a regular basis that we can just keep, um, just be intentional and mindful about our energy, but some just practical lifestyle daily tips. So to keep us, you know, healthy and in more of a parasympathetic state. Sure. Uh, I always recommend that people do the low-lying fruit or pick the low-lying fruit, which is, you know, um, getting good rest uh, in a dark room, uh, grounding, getting outside in nature, uh, eating organic as much as possible, you know, not filling the body with extra toxins. Those to me are like the easy things that you can just get into your routine. The, the harder things are like the dealing with your programs, 
maybe you have anxiety. Um, so actually facing that, and obviously you're going to want to do that with uh, a professional, but you're going to want to to actually finally work, work through that, you know, and, and, and try it through an energetic process such as tapping to see if that might be all that you need. You know, um, a lot of times we, we go to therapists and it's so common that we have therapists and we talk to the therapist, but in my opinion, and this is why I didn't go into therapy, I actually have a psychology degree. And at the time I knew it wasn't a complete process. And so I just set it aside and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what that is later in life. I'm not sure when. And sure enough, here it is. I, I now combine um, the energy and the psychology. And that's what I feel like causes the greatest change, the fastest change, the most amazing change in the human body that I've ever seen. I mean, I see miracles all the time and I'm, I'm blown away. Like I, I don't even understand how something could be in somebody's body for 40, 50, 60, 70 years and it's gone in one tapping session or a couple of tapping sessions or one session of energy work. One lady, 40 years of depression. And I found out the program that was running and it was that she wasn't good enough because her dad was a pediatrician and he always spent time with other children. And in her little mind, she thought she wasn't good enough for her dad, but it was his job to be with other kids. And so we rewrote that. And the next time I talked to her, she was like, um, I don't have depression anymore. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like, that's all that it was that 40 years of not feeling like you were good enough for your dad. Wow. And then now she has a new um, orientation to the world and, and understands that she is good enough. And that was silly because okay. when we're, when we, we write most of our programs between the ages of zero and seven, and this is really important to understand because we run our most, most of the time as adults, we run off those programs that we made when we were from zero to seven. And those programs were made when you were like trying to figure out a whole lot of stuff all at once. And so we made a lot of misconnections or uh, misassumptions or poor assumptions. It was all that we knew at the time. And we, we heard things like money doesn't grow on trees or you have to work hard to make money or whatever it was that our parents had a different mentality. Um, and we picked that up and, and we thought that that's the way that life is. But until you sit down and you meditate or you tap, then you're like, wow, what is it that I truly believe? What is it that I want to believe? And if I don't believe that, how do I rewrite that? And that's what I help my clients with. And that's mm -hmm. what EFT can help people with. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the zero to seven time, which is such a profound time in framing and building the subconscious and kind of our framework and our perspective, you know, into the world. I know you have a son. How do you suggest knowing what you know and seeing how, you know, you spend, I mean, your whole career is helping people rewrite, you know, um, you know, this time in their life. How can we raise children more, you know, consciously or help them to have a really healthy subconscious if, if that is goal? Yes. Uh, so again, the low lying fruit always, because that does impact your energetic system. So you want to make sure that they're getting all that stuff. Um, but then I also every night clear my son's energy so that because he goes to school with a lot of kids and there's a lot of energy and I want him to feel like he's settled in his body. I do believe that that really has impacted his growth and his um, ability to express himself and be emotionally regulated. Um, but I also have taught him tapping. So he's only five. He, uh, this is funny. We were on a bike ride and he was like, mom, I'm really tired. Hold on a second. I need to stop. So I said, okay, we'll stop. And, um, and then he goes, even though I'm really tired, I want to give up. I deeply love and accept myself. And he took a deep oh. breath in and he went up the hill and that was all he needed because he's oh. so young and he's, there's so much possibility in life and he could tap into, you know, realizing that there was more in him than what his brain was telling him. And so that's all he needed, you know, because he's so energetically sensitive and, and, and I've been working with him and he, 
he's, he knows some stuff that I don't even know. He tells me stuff, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Um, so yes, yeah, so back to your question about the programming. Yes, I'm constantly worried about what programming I'm imparting on him and trying not to program him because, you know, it's hard. Like, you know, I know that sugar isn't good for kids, obviously, but it's summertime and sometimes having a treat like ice cream or something is really fun. And um, I don't want to take that away from him. And sometimes my partner will be like, well, you've had too much sugar and it's not good for you. And, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, not, <laughs> let's not tell his body on top of it already being a problem probably for him. That mm-hmm. is not good for him. Let's mm-hmm. just let his body figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. And usually he will tell me, he'll be like, that didn't make me feel good. I don't want that again. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm more, I err on the side of uh, saying less. And in fact, he went off to Pokemon camp and, and he was seemed to be, he was like, there's no poke, real Pokemon. And I was like, uh, what do I say here? That's not programming. I was like, how'd that make you feel? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was like, I'm fine with it. And I was like, yeah. okay, great. I didn't put any programs in his head. Like those things don't exist or anything like that. You know, um, I just let his mind, you know, be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this real intentional, being really intentional with your language, right. And sure. what, and how you're putting judgments or lack of judgments on things. So that's, yeah, that's, probably just an important way to live life, um, not only raise your child, but to be really conscious of um, language because it is so important. I do also catch him when he speaks to himself in a not nice way. So I'll say that's not very nice to talk to your body like that or yourself like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, nobody was certainly saying that to me as far as I remember. It was also a different time. But, you know, I think just having somebody catch you on those things that you might say to yourself at a young age might really help in the long run. But we'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a great point as well. You're obviously gifted and can clear his energy. Do you think um, for anyone listening out there, even if they walk through and tap their child before they go to bed, do you think Ooh, that's- they love it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny. They won't even make it through a full round um, but before they start yawning and then they're ready for sleep, like if they're not wanting to go to sleep. So it'll just calm their whole nervous system down and they say- they, they'll give you their words, you know, uh, even though I want to stay up or I'm not tired or the, I, hate, I hate going to sleep, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. they'll tell you, but they, <laughs> they will calm down. Like you can't, you can, I cannot make him do another round. It's mm-hmm. amazing. He's like, mom, get out of here. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm going to start doing that for sure. So Amy, any, I mean, you've said, you've shared so much great information and given us a great overview and also a lot of great stories. Anything as we wrap up, any other anecdotes or just personal experiences that you want to share um, just to bring this point home? Because both your goal and my goal um, for people listening today is just to understand the realm of possibility of healing once we start addressing these energetic patterns and realizing we are energetic beings and how do we really pay as much attention to this part of ourselves as it is taking, you know, glutathione or methylated folate or eating organic. This is, this is a a really uh, a big priority. So uh, I will share something that I think will be really helpful for people to understand. A couple of months back, I had to uh, get new updated headshots. I picked the person. I know she, she's great. Um, I felt energetically comfortable with her. And unfortunately, my son got sick, so I had to cancel. And so I, I rescheduled for two weeks later. And then um, two weeks later, I wound up get, waking up and I had an, like a tremendous sore throat, like couldn't swallow, thought I had to you know, cancel again. I even texted her. I said, do you mind? Like if I come, I can't cancel on you again. I feel horrible. And she said, that's fine. Whatever you feel like you can do. And I was like, you know what? This is really odd that I'd wake up with a really bad sore throat 
today. I felt fine yesterday. I have no real reason for me to be thinking that I might be getting sick. So I sat down, I started tapping, and I, I was thinking about the throat chakra and what it means. And it's about self-expression. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm getting my headshots done today. This is a physical expression of myself. So I, I said, obviously, my body's still working through some of that energy of um, what it's like to physically express myself. And so I tapped on that. My sore throat went from a 10 down to a 2. And I went and I did my, I got my headshots done and I didn't get sick. I, you know, the rest of the day I had a low, low, low level of um, irritation in my throat. I never got a fever or anything like that. And that's all that it was. And so I urge um, anybody who is listening to really get curious when they do have a symptom, what might it be telling you? Um, so there's, there's definitely energy centers in the body and that gives you some clues but just ask yourself, like, what might be going on under the surface? Like, why might my arm be hurting right now, you know, when it didn't before? Is it because I just saw somebody who had a broken arm? Is it because, you know, um, I did too much yesterday? You know, is there a real physical reason? Or is it maybe just something energetic and I can tap on it? And you can say, even though my arm is hurting, I deeply love and accept myself. And while you calm the body down, you might just hear what it's about. You might just have a knowingness of what it's about and then go from there. So that, that's something that I would definitely leave with your listeners. Mm -hmm. I love just that. Curious. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that story. And, you know, even when we know this works so well, you know, we're, we're all going through our own process and constantly reminded. And I'm sure that, you know, it's almost, you have a sense of humor, you know, yeah. around these things, you know, so... So Amy, I would love for people to know more about you and how you work um, with individuals and practitioners and where to find out more about you. So please let us know how we can find you. Sure. Uh, my website is starktransformation.com. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Spectrum of Health podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this show. Now, if you haven't already done so, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the Spectrum of Health podcast because each and every review helps others find out about the show. Thank you again for listening and have a beautiful day.